0: You're listening to Pros Like Us, brought to you by NFL Draft Blitz. And now, without any further ado, here's Alex and Lou. We are back, gang, and ready for another week of Pros Like Us. Us, I'm Lou. Alex is here as well. We got a lot to get to. We don't have an interview this week, but uh, we got plenty of topics.
1: Two a time in Miami. Alex, what's going on, man? I don't get this, Lou. I mean, the Dolphins are playing better um, offensively. I mean, they've been clicking the past couple of weeks. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick has that magic back again. And, um, you know, the Dolphins are sitting at three and three. Unless you're losing, I don't see why why you would make this quarterback change. So it's, it's puzzling to me, I mean, why they would go from Fitzpatrick to Tua at this time. I just, I don't think the timing is right.
0: Well, I think a couple of things are in play here. One, I mean, obviously, you know, they drafted Tua to be the future, right? Absolutely. No questions asked. Second, is he healthy? Well, maybe not at the beginning of the season, but well into the season now. I mean they see him in practice every day. He must be game ready as far as his physical ability. He must be picking up the offense as far as another point goes. And I think there did their bye get changed? Was it supposed to be later? I don't remember if this was what if this was one that may have got switched due to some COVID issues. And I think maybe all along the plan was after the bye, regardless of where we're at, We're just we're we're gonna play the kid, and now's the time. And they that got pushed up. So yeah, I hear you. They're three and three, but I don't think they're gonna win a Super Bowl with with Fitzmagic in there, or they're not gonna win many playoff games with Fitzmagic in there. Not that they're gonna win any with Tua. I mean, they might, but you know, odds are they won't. But I think. They got to get him in there. You see Herbert out there tearing it up. Now, he got his start by a freak accident <laughs> that, happen- that happened That uh, happened with their trainer and Tyrod Taylor with a punctured lung. Joe Burrow is tearing it up. And I think a lot of people are looking at this and saying, wait a second, Tua, before the injury, was, I guess in a lot of people's minds, head and shoulders above those guys. Bringing it back to the Dolphins situation, though Brian Flores is, is moving this thing in a in a very strategic manner. They've made moves on on the defensive side of the ball with some free agents. Their draft choices are, are starting to play a little bit more. I think you know this is as good a time as any. Again, if he's healthy, and I got to believe they think he's healthy and they know he's healthy, so I think two times here. Let's see what he what the kids got.
1: You make a good point with the rookie quarterbacks. I mean, they've certainly torn it up uh, this year. Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow and, and Tua was as good, if, if not better, coming into his you know junior year uh, before he got hurt. But I still think the timing is wrong. I mean, the Dolphins right now are pushing for a playoff spot, and I'm not sure a rookie quarterback, I mean, he hasn't seen the NFL. He hasn't seen the speed, even his as talented as Tua is and the fact that he was drafted number five overall tells you that people thought very highly of him and he might have gotten higher if it wasn't for that injury but I still think it's it's too risky at this point again you're sitting at three and three you have a realistic shot with that defense the defense is playing better and the offense is as well and Tua gives you more playmaking ability but you know, there's something about Ryan Fitzpatrick and as just watching him, he was so he was so upset. And it's good to see that emotion come out. You know, when the guy says, "Why are you benching me, coach?" You know, I'm doing I'm doing <laughs> well, everything I can here, you know, we to know keep what you he afloat. I want to I mean, we know what and, he
0: is. He's going to he's got, you know, his highs are really high, but his lows can get really really low. So again, I don't think it's about this season and whether they make the playoffs or not and i know it's probably hard for you know some dolphins fans to to reconcile that but more and more these kids are coming into the nfl ready to play get them on the field there's there's got to be pressure to get him on the field we made this investment he's our guy let's roll man
1: well it seems like the baltimore ravens have been making moves i think they're the number one defense right now in the nfl if i'm not mistaken and They gave up a third-round pick for Yannick Ngakwe. It's kind of interesting. I mean, the Vikings traded for him. They gave up a a second-round pick to the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Vikings haven't been good this year. They're doing a fire sale. Well, the Baltimore Ravens just jumped at the chance, and they've been making moves. They're trying to improve their team. They're not sitting still. They want to compete with your Kansas City Chiefs. And we're not talking about, you know, we know the Baltimore Ravens went 14-2 and last year, but it ended very uh, poorly for them. So they're thinking about playoffs. So Ngokwe is is a great pickup for the Baltimore Ravens.
0: Absolutely. I mean they 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 know what they need to do. They need to win in the playoffs. Winning in the in the regular season is great. Maybe they can get a you know, get the top seed. They're in the mix right now with the Chiefs, with the Steelers. I would imagine Tennessee will be there till the end as well, but Uh, absolutely, and these trade winds are blowing. That seemed to be like the first one to kind of get the ball rolling. Ngakwe traded twice. How's he feeling? I mean, he's going to a much better situation, obviously. I'm sure he's very, very happy about this. But to be traded twice inside of, like, what, four or five months, that's got to be a little unnerving. But he's going to one of the top defenses, or if not the best defense in the league, and uh, that's exactly what they need. I think they brought Des Bryant into their – their practice squad, uh, see what he's got. He hasn't played in the NFL, I think, in two years. They know what they they need to keep improving, keep uh, adding pieces until they feel comfortable that they can. I mean, let's face it. I mean, the, the Chiefs really handled them in their building now again in this day and age i don't know if really where you play is that big of a deal with no fans and you know no chaos you know between plays i mean it's pretty much like you're running practice but still they lost in their home field and they got handled pretty well so that had to sting a little bit now they come off a bye they've got pittsburgh coming up so here's here's a way to get well so ab's on the move what do you think of that
1: Oh my god. I mean this is a bad fit. I just I, I don't see it with the Bucks. I mean Come on, Alex, to, tell us how you really feel. Look, the Bucks are clicking right now. Ever since that Bears game that they lost badly by one point, Tom Brady screwed up with the fourth down and the offense wasn't clicking. They found their rhythm. Mike Evans hasn't been healthy. But, you know, he's still doing his thing. Chris Godwin has gotten back ever since that injury with the hamstring where he missed two games. Those young wide receivers have been playing really well. Scotty Miller, second-year pro. Tyler Johnson has had his moments. They don't need A.B. This is the point. Look, I don't think A.B. has as much left as people think on the field, but he's a bad influence off the field. I'm not buying this fact that Bruce Arians is saying that ab is a changed man i'm not buying that antonio brown is a selfish egocentric person he's always been that and i guess the things that he's accomplished in his career by coming from being a sixth round pick to to being one of the best if not the best wide receiver in his prime i mean i could argue that he was he was the best Steelers wide receiver in their history and You and I believe that they've had success, you know, picking these wide receivers in the past. I just don't see the fit. He's going to be a bad influence in the locker room. Can you imagine when Tom Brady looks his way one or two times during a game? I'm not buying that. I'm not buying the fact that that's not going to rub. Antonio Brown, the wrong way. I mean, he's just, I don't understand this. Sometimes, and this happens a lot, you know this, Lou, even outside of football, people try to come up with these all star teams. The Yankees have done it through the years. A lot of basketball teams have attempted to do this to bring in three, four stars, but rarely works out and you've got characters on this team you've got tom brady who's trying to prove to the entire world that he can get it done and win a super bowl without bill belichick you've got leonard fournette mike evans is not is not as easy person to get along with and now you bring in antonio brown what kind of an influence is he going to have on these young guys that's the point that i trying to make it's just I don't see it I don't think the Bucks needed him but I think they're they're thinking Bruce Arians believes that he's like an insurance policy if Mike Evans goes down and continues to to be hampered by this hamstring injury or Godwin misses some time that AB is going to be a a good plug-in wide receiver because he's been through the grind but it's a bad fit
0: Here's the thing, and I don't want to just take the other side just to take the other side, but the on-field, I think, I don't think is going to be the issue. I think it's, I think it's pretty apparent that Tom Brady wants him around. He wanted him in New England, but of course, AB being AB, kind of did his thing and worked his way out of there. What's happening here, I think the way they, they've signed him, they're not taking any risk at all. They're not get, He's not getting any guaranteed money whatsoever. Mo, I think most of the money is going to be, uh, you know, like kind of on a per-game basis, veteran minimum. I think he can make up to $2.5 million. Okay, just we'll leave, we'll kind of push that off to the side. But Tom Brady really wants him around. Here's the thing. Yes, I agree with you. This could blow up real quick. But, you know, again, now Godwin's having surgery on his finger, so he's not going to play this week. I don't think it's a big deal, but again, this is now a second injury during the course of the year. Like you said, Evans has not been himself. I don't know if, if any games during the course of this season he's really been his, himself. You're right. Scotty Miller is starting to ascend. Tyler Johnson, I mean, they've got they've got some players they've got tight i mean obviously Gronk is is, is coming along now and, and, and kind of feeling feeling his flow i don't think they're they're lo- they're going to lose anything here i don't think he is going to crush anything i mean it's all about brady and I, i'm telling you this this is the deal i mean he is almost he's breathed fire into that whole franchise they i mean you saw like you, you were talking about the chicago game Okay, he screwed up, but there was a lot of plays where he was he was taking guys to task and I don't think they were they've been used to that. And they come out the very next game, no penalties, no turnovers. Last game, no turnovers. I think they had four penalties, but Yeah, again, it didn't matter. I don't think maybe it was just the fact that they were playing the Raiders or that the Raiders had the COVID issue, whatever. But it seems like Tampa Bay, the offense at least, is starting to gel. And yes, I agree with you. Why throw this wrench into the work? So we'll see. Pittsburgh ate like $21 million, Oakland ate a couple of draft picks. Uh, New England a nine million dollar bonus you know it's like you know pretty soon you know what what do you need to to see to know that this guy is a mess so it's really hard to say I mean I agree with you but I can see Tampa's standpoint is like hey we're all in on this season if we need this extra guy to get us through some games and then some experience in the playoffs we're going to give it a shot so I think that's really where they're at.
1: Well, Bruce Arians has made it known that this isn't Tom Brady's decision. This is my decision. Well, of course he's going to say that. Has, well, he's campaigned. Brady has campaigned for Antonio Brown. Absolutely. In the past. They, they, they don't need him. I, I understand that. I mean, you and I have talked about it, that there are two big wide receivers, the top two wide receivers, have missed time and have been banged up, and this is an insurance policy. But I think this is off the field <laughs> – this is just w- when third, you're trying to build third, a new team. A third number one good,
0: receiver really isn't what they need right now. Right? I'm not I mean, sure it,
1: he's a number one wide receiver anymore, Lou. Right. I mean, but in his, his mind, his he numbers is. were so declining. Where... His numbers were declining before with the Steelers. the The last couple of years, I mean, they threw to him a lot, but I wouldn't necessarily say that he was the number one wide receiver. And this wasn't because like Juju all of a sudden, you know, took over the top spot. Uh, Juju had a lot of single coverage on there. Ab was drawing double coverage in, at the end of his career, but I still don't think he was a number one guy anymore. And I think that's why the Steelers didn't want to put up with his crap anymore because they realized that he was just not the same player that he once was, and so they let him go. And I just I don't think he's a number one anymore. I don't think he's a number two anymore. I don't know what he has. We haven't seen him. How is he? Is his head in the game? I know that he signed with the Bucks to go chase that Super Bowl. The defense is playing so well for the Tampa Bay Bucks. It's been a Huge surprise. Just the fact that their secondary has overachieved by adding rookie safety Antoine Winfield. Carlton Davis is playing well. Now, they've got a couple of pass rushers in there. Their linebackers are, uh, they, they've got like second life this year. Devin White from LSU, second year pro, has been amazing. Levante David looks like the young Levante David. You don't want to break up this chemistry here. One guy can ruin this whole thing. We all know that the Bucks will most likely be in the playoffs, right? That right now they're five and two, and we'll, we'll talk about the, it a little. I bit I mean,
0: arguably the best team in the NFC, I think.
1: Well, I mean they're they're definitely they're definitely up. So there. they yeah
0: they will make they they, they will, will make the playoffs. The
1: playoffs. Yep. They will make the playoffs. I mean, th- there's no question about it. So they signed AB because they want to make a deep playoff run because they don't they know that they have Brady for what two years, and I just think that. They're bringing in A.B. because he's been through the playoff grind. He's been to those big games, those big moments. That's why they brought him in there, but... If this backfires somewhere in the NFC Championship game or maybe the Super Bowl and AB is maybe the culprit of this whole thing because he's yelling at some offensive coordinator, Byron Leftwich, or or maybe raising his voice to Tom Brady because he's not giving him the damn ball uh, because he was open, this will backfire. I promise you that.
0: One last thing on this, and then we'll we'll uh, continue. We'll we'll talk about some of the other teams in the NFC South because it seems to be a a pretty compelling division i mean i the nfc west i think may be the the best record wise but uh again there's a lot of compelling stories in the NFC south the last thing about ab is i mean i mean obviously the team that he goes to is going to have to have a strong quarterback he knows who the the alpha in the room is so you know if there's one quarterback in the league that's going to be able to handle and there's probably a couple others but i believe that uh that brady could kind of settle him down and, and get but but again he's on a short leash so I'm sure if they see one thing that looks like is going to screw their Super Bowl run up, Brady would be the first one to say, OK, he's got to go. The Tampa defense, like I guess I wanted to make a point there as well. Todd Bowles, I mean, some people just it, it seems like they were born to be like, say, a coordinator or let's just say a defensive coach. Maybe he's his strong suit isn't being like running the entire operation, but my god, you let this guy coach some defense now. You mentioned a lot of players that are really, really good, but they're getting turnovers, they rush the passer. Those two linebackers are just, I mean, they're like all world, uh, between David and Devin White. Uh, but you mentioned the defensive backs who've been taking a lot of flack, but between Davis and uh, Murphy Bunting and Jordan Whitehead. Hell, Jamel Dean, I, I think he's like their third corner. PFF has has him rated as like the second-best cover corner, again, using their rating system. But I guess my point is that these guys are playing pretty well. So the front end is helping the back end. they got the linebackers. I mean, barring any major injuries, I mean, this defense is going to carry them a long way, not to mention... The, what Brady's starting to do with them offensively. How about New Orleans? I mean, I, I don't know what to make of them. I mean, I, I've got a couple of notes here, but I, I'd like to hear what what your feelings are, New Orleans. What's going on there?
1: People are saying that Drew Brees has lost a step, and maybe he has. I mean, what, what do you expect when a guy is, is pushing? I mean, he's over 40 right now. His arm strength is not what it used to be. But there's one thing I want to say. He hasn't had Michael Thomas this year. That, Lou, has been the biggest thing. He relies on Michael Thomas so much, on those slant patterns. He's throwing him the ball you know, 15 times a game, and Michael Thomas is coming up with 12 or 13 catches for over 150 yards on a weekly basis. When you don't have your number one wide receiver, what do you expect? Emmanuel Sanders was hurt. He didn't play last game. You're playing guys that would otherwise, like Traquan Smith. I mean, you've got some guys off the practice squad, and they're trying to make you know plays. So give Drew Brees some respect and give him the benefit of the doubt because when you don't have your number one wide receiver, it will hurt your production and it will hurt your offense. But I'm not sure. I mean, the Saints, you watch him one week, it's like a Dr. Jekyll and Mrs. Hyde thing. Because, I mean, one week you see those flashes. No, you do. I mean, you see those flashes. You see a team that could go far in the playoffs and maybe represent the NFC in a Super Bowl. But there are other weeks when you look at them, you're like, my God. I mean, that's not a playoff team. But they are sitting at 4-2 and two right now. I mean, this team should make the playoffs, barring Michael Thomas coming back. I think he will make them stronger. I think the defense is solid, not great. But solid. I think they are getting the job done. What do you think about the Panthers, man? The, the Carolina Panthers and, and Matt Rule have been a nice surprise this year. If you would have told me that their best player, Christian McCaffrey, goes down with an injury and misses most of the season so far, I, I would tell you, hey, the, the team would be 0-7 at this point. But my boy, Teddy Bridgewater, has played well for them.
0: Well, Teddy B is being Teddy B. I mean, I don't, I don't know that you could expect anything more or less than what he's doing. So he's playing good, taking care of the ball, uh, making plays when they're there. So you know, he's going to be a pretty, pretty steady player. I think the big thing is that Mike Davis has done such an amazing job with as you mentioned, Christian McCaffrey being out. Now, supposedly he's scheduled to come back off of IR. He may be in a short week. I don't know if we'll see him much this Thursday night when they play Atlanta. The problem they really don't have a threat at tight end. I mean, I think that's the one thing. You see Ian Thomas. I mean he'll catch a few passes here and there, but DJ Moore seems to be coming on. I mean, he just seems like what was has been an ascending player for what seems like forever, but he's not that old. He's only been in the league a few years. <laughs> He's starting to come on. The addition of Robbie Anderson, who is just not that you know nine-route, deep-route guy that the Jets send long and like three times a year makes these huge plays and say, wow, why can't they do that more often? But, I mean, he's been a huge addition. But, you know, with Matt Rule, they, they're playing hard. They're in most of their games. I don't think they, they've really been blown out. You know, Tampa Bay handled them fairly well in the, the you know second, second week of the season. But here they are, you know. They're they're three and four. Who's to say they don't make they don't make a run at the playoffs? They've got Atlanta Thursday, then they go to Kansas City, and then they've got Tampa again uh, at home. So that's that might be a tough few games for them because uh, I mean at, Atlanta. I mean that's a whole other story. But but no, I mean at Carolina. It, it, it's almost what you thought was. was was going to be a, a, the best scenario coming in. His rule was going to be kind of come in with, with with his mentality. Joe Brady, obviously the the great offensive coordinator that came from LSU and did all those wonderful things with Joe Burrow and that crew. I think this is what could have been. I guess the best case scenario that. Panther fans would be looking at and saying, okay, this is kind of where we're seeing seeing some improvement. They're playing hard every week. Some of the young players are starting to to play well. Bridgewater is a calming influence at, at quarterback. He's not turning the ball over a ton of times. And we are in games. And that's the best you could do in a situation where you are, in fact, rebuilding. So... My hat's off to to Matt Rule. And a lot of owners are starting to maybe start looking at the college coaches a little bit more as options when it comes to head coaching openings.
1: So many of these college coaches flamed out that franchises were really weary of them.
0: Right. Oh, absolutely.
1: I mean, it hasn't been. We could take like Jimmy Johnson, probably the most successful college coach that made transition to the NFL, obviously won two Super Bowls with the Dallas Cowboys. But I think, you know, people have tried. I mean, they've looked at like Steve Spurrier, Nick Saban, and, and those guys, I mean, they didn't accomplish those things. We've seen what those guys have done in the college game. But right now, it seems like the tide is changing. A rule was a hot commodity. I mean, the Giants were looking at him and he went to the Panthers and he's definitely brought this Fast play, physical team. They're they're playing mistake free football. And it's just it's really good to see them. I mean, too many coaches would say, hey, I lost my best player. That's it. We're gonna give up. We're gonna go one and fifteen. We'll get Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields next year. <laughs> no, that hasn't been the case. I mean, Rule has motivated this team and he's pushed the right buttons. And it's really good to see. And we'll talk about the Cardinals later, or another college coach that that's having success.
0: The game has changed. I think the pro coaches are taking a lot more from the colleges as far as how they run their offenses. And so that's why I think you're seeing a lot of these rookie quarterbacks are having much more success early in their careers because they're catering more to their strengths versus, okay, this is our traditional quote-unquote pro-style offense. You have to kind of figure out how to do this how to play from the pocket no I mean they're they're bringing these guys in they're you're seeing the zone read you're seeing a little bit more spread you're seeing them on the move I think that has a lot to do with it so perhaps you know somewhere like Atlanta where you know the, the coaching vacancy is there I don't I don't think Raheem Morris is going to be the long-term solution here. Nothing against him. I just think they're going to go in a different direction, uh, more than likely an offensive-minded coach. But uh, they're really two completely mismanaged last or end of game situations from being three and four. That Dallas game, I mean, every kid, whether you played baseball, football, or whatever, I mean, one of the first things a coach tells you is, don't. Let the ball play you. You play the ball. (laughs) You know, if you screw up, you screw up. But get after the ball. That onside kick against Dallas. I mean, not to mention the total collapse of their defense. But then last week against Detroit, they basically, all they got to do is take a knee, you know, maybe spike the ball, kick a field goal in the last play of the game. You know, a chip shot for maybe like a, what, 25-yard field goal. We win 17-16. And I don't know Todd Gurley had a mind cramp or whatever. He was trying not to score, but he scores. So it got a little nutty. But they still have a pretty atrocious defense. Uh, I thought maybe with Morris in there, you know, it's only been a couple of weeks. And that first week, obviously, at Minnesota, they came up and played pretty well. They didn't play that bad against Detroit. Again, they should have won that game. It's hard to watch when you've got Matt Ryan... You've got Julio Jones, you've got Calvin Ridley, you've got Hayden Hurst, you've got Todd Gurley, offensively, and they still and they still struggle. So that's
1: well, they haven't drafted well. At, no, they, Lou, they haven't drafted well on the defensive side of the ball. They've done really well on the offensive side. Yep, but they've those guys that they've drafted on the defensive side, except for like Dion Jones, they they didn't make. They haven't made a difference for that team. And it's really surprising because the the last two coaches have been defensive coaches. and, And Dan Quinn was supposed to be this mastermind. He came from the Seattle Seahawks and coming off a Super Bowl. He was supposed to bring his scheme and it just never worked. The offense was carrying him. And, you know, when Kyle Shanahan left, that's it. Matt Ryan has kind of regressed a bit. Is he had a career year under Shanahan, and, and the defense just never caught up. I mean, the scheme, they didn't have the players. The Falcons have always preferred to hire defensive coaches. You think they go and, and look at the offensive side of the ball this time around when, when they look for their new guy?
0: Well, as soon as as soon as a head coaching vacancy comes up or a potential one comes up, you immediately the same cast of characters come up, right? I mean, Eric Bieniemy, which for some reason or another just. I don't know what it is. Maybe he doesn't interview well with some of these owners. Maybe they just don't trust him. Maybe they don't like, you know, the way he looks on the sideline, he's a little disheveled and whatever. I don't know if that is even a thing. Sometimes they can overthink these things. Obviously this guy has done a great job. He's he's come up through the ranks. I mean, obviously he's coached just about he's coached running backs. He's he's been an offensive assistant. He's been now the coordinator of one of the best offenses in the league in the last couple of years. So I think maybe he may be destined for somewhere like Atlanta. I don't know about, you know, New York or some of these others. So you know Bienemy might be there. One of these one of these college coaches, like I said, I think maybe they make a a run at Lincoln Riley. So I think, I think that, they should
1: look at the offensive coordinators. I, I, you mentioned the enemy, but I think right. they should look at Greg Roman.
0: Arthur they, Smith. F- right? Arthur
1: Smith, Brian Dabble, who, who's done amazing things with, with Josh Allen. I think there are plenty of offensive coordinators that are going to be out there. You know, teams making those decisions with their new hires. So in my opinion, the Falcons should look for an offensive coach just because I think. But let me throw this out at you. I mean, the Falcons aren't aren't a good team. Should they like trade Matt Ryan? Should they trade Julio Jones? Just knowing that's that the big need a total right. rebuild.
0: Absolutely. I mean, that, that's, that's the real question, isn't it? Because we really can't look and see, well, what's this, um, what's this GM's background been? Well, they fired the GM, so you don't know who that's going to be. How much does Matt Ryan have left in the tank? How much are the, are the I guess, the traditional drop-back passers that don't have a lot of mobility have left in this league the way it's going and the way everybody plays now? So that's a huge decision they're going to have to make, and I think it's it's going to be forced by money because he's got a ton of money left on his contract. It's going to be nearly impossible to trade him because, one, who's going to trade for a quarterback that is limited mobility, and now you may have to change your offense and cater it towards him? but. It's only for a couple of years and then you're gonna to have to reshape your offense to kind of catch up with the league again.
1: So the, I would love to have Matt Ryan on my team, Lou, to be honest with you. Well it depends on can, who you if have. If I can get him for a couple of years, I mean I it know I can make a good It depends on who you have. Right. But I think
0: maybe what's what's really gonna happen is depending on how bad they end up their record ends up being, where they pick, that might be he might be the, the two year or one year placeholder for a Justin Fields Lawrence, or yeah, I mean, I don't know how high you have Trey Lance rated, so I don't. Maybe they—that's the route that they go because they're stuck financially a little. They're tied financially to Ryan so much because that would just hamstring them, you know, completely with a a lot of dead cap money. But you can't afford to stay with them too long. Maybe you know, a year, maybe two.
1: Well, we saw it this year. I mean, the Indianapolis Colts took that route with Phillip Rivers for a year. The Bucs added aging tom brady for two years there there are plenty of teams that are willing to look at quarterbacks that have been there that have been in the playoffs that have been to the super bowl matt ryan is going to be a hot commodity and he'll definitely like somebody's going to be willing to spend and trade like a late first round pick knowing that hey he is 35 he is a rental for like a year or two but so many teams are struggling at the quarterback positions People well, maybe, are going to be willing to take on that Maybe
0: ride. Maybe Indianapolis does it again. That might be the one place where you kind of have the rest of the team is pretty good and ready, but they, they just need a quarterback. A lot of these other places that need quarterbacks need a lot of other stuff too, so they may not be willing to pay that much money to an older quarterback knowing that they need a lot of other pieces and parts as well.
1: Speaking of surprises, Lowe, I mean the surging Arizona Cardinals. I didn't see him as a playoff team this year, but they're five and two. And Kyler Murray had that breakout—I would say defining—game of his career up to this point. It was a fun game between him and Russell Wilson. And I guess we saw you know two quarterbacks that I'm sure are going to have a few more battles d- down the line. That was—it's really good to see. I mean, the Arizona Cardinals have have definitely surprised me this year.
0: Did it seem to you that at the end of that game, Arizona's defense had a lot more juice than Seattle's? I mean, it seemed like in overtime, like the late in the fourth quarter and overtime, Seattle's defense was just gassed. And so was Arizona for the most part. But I don't know if they, they made some substitutions or whatever, but it seemed like when they needed to make some plays, they had the energy and juice to do it. But you just saw two quarterbacks there just... just they carried their respective teams and I think Wilson more so than, than Murray and they end up you know win, winning the game at the end. but yeah it was a pretty pretty wild game and we talked about the college coaches in, in Kingsbury and everybody raised eyebrows he couldn't he didn't have a winning record at, uh, at Texas Tech. But one thing I've noticed in watching them play is they, this isn't the traditional air raid offense right you know full time. He's got all sorts of different personnel groupings. They're using tight ends, different formations. Again, say what you will. I mean, he's adapting. And I think that goes a lot to say from coming from that system and being able to adapt players to play some, something a little off the wall, but now has become more the norm. And now he's even evolving from that, knowing that there's no way you can do that full time in the NFL and keep your quarterback healthy and you know keep your defense protected a little bit. So it's interesting to, to really watch them play. Now, Kenyon Drake got hurt. But Edmonds look like you know whenever he gets a chance, that kid makes plays. So I think they might be in good shape there. Losing Chandler Jones is is just a, a huge because they don't they really don't have much of a pass rush, right? When we start talking about uh, these trade winds blowing and some of these uh, trades that we're kind of wishing for, that may lead us to perhaps Arizona making a move for a, for a pass rusher. What do you think?
1: Who you got? Throw out a name out. The Seattle Seahawks have already made a trade. They need. a They roster. traded
0: for Carlos Dunlap, right, who has been languishing in Cincinnati for years and has played at an all-pro all, all pro level for many years. Now, I don't know if he's quite at that level still, but, you know, this may be kind of like when they re- resurrected Cliff Averill's career from Detroit, remember? And then he, he kind of was one of the integral parts of those Super Bowl runs. Who knows? Maybe this has the same effect. I'm saying perhaps that train that D-Hop took from Houston to Arizona might have a ticket waiting for its one J.J. Watt. What do you think of that?
1: Wow. Interesting. Well, I, I see the fit there. And, I mean, the guy's a team player and has been a great one for for since he entered the league. That would be quite a splash if, if the Arizona Cardinals can make that trade.
0: Now I don't know who's pull I mean, with Billy O'Brien gone, you know, obviously that had a lot to do with the D hop trade and you know some of the other moves and perhaps questionable moves that were being made. So I don't know who's running the show as far as the front office goes, but that would be an awfully neat thing to see is Watt going to a team you know, with a chance at the playoffs. Now he's been in the playoffs before, but it doesn't look like this year's team in Houston is, is moving in that direction. So uh, I thought that would be a neat one if uh, he's beloved in that community and that would just send just a totally worst message to that fan base but it's if hey, the arizona we're, we're playing fa- we're playing fantasy manager here let's do it
1: if the arizona cardinals make that trade they might become the favorites in the nfc i mean w- we see the the difference that deandre hopkins has made for kyla murray finally giving him that number one target Uh, bringing stability to that wide receiver group as a whole. Because, I mean, Larry Fitzgerald is a number three at this point. Christian Kirk is a much better player when he's lined up in the slot. We all know what Hopkins brings. I mean, bringing J.J. Watt to the Arizona Cardinals would be a huge, huge thing, a huge home run for that defense. I would say they would be one of my favorites. They would be my favorite team to come out in the NFC if they can pull it off. Speaking of NFC teams, I'll give you a trade that I'm kind of wishing for. the The Cincinnati Bengals aren't going anywhere this year. They they've got a bright future, and they they seem to have found Joe Burrow. But I'm pulling for AJ Green to finally get out of Cincinnati and go to a playoff contender. I think a lot of people are saying the Patriots, but the Patriots aren't going anywhere this year. I think no, they got no shot the playoffs. No. I'm going to say the Packers, Lou. I I just think the Green Bay Packers would be a good fit because they have Devontae Adams as a number one, and I think A.J. Green can give him stability in that wide receiver group and become that number two. Can you imagine Aaron Rodgers having A.J. Green and Devontae Adams? I mean, the the Packers are really lacking that number two target. So I'm pushing for A.J. Green to, to go to Green Bay.
0: For the fans out there that, that do listen to, to these shows, we don't always, my, when I say we, meaning myself and Alex, don't always exchange uh, our notes prior to the show, especially in something like this where it's just kind of fun and we're th- throwing darts around. <laughs> right next to Green Bay, I've got A.J. Green written. We're like an old married couple. We just We, we took a little break for a few years. But in that light... I would say because I think wide receiver is becoming, you know, I would say as far as these trades go, you're going to see wide receivers, pass rushers. I mean I think that's that's kind of where you're going to see this thing. So as far as Green Bay is concerned, I would have as maybe a backup plan if they don't think AJ Green is quite right or maybe he's a little bit older, but you got to look to Dallas and you got to believe that either Cooper or Gallup can be available. Uh, maybe Gallup more so because he's a little bit younger. They've got some other wide receivers that, that could fill that role, but somebody else to kind of stretch that defense, as you mentioned for Aaron Rodgers to give him that number two receiver. and in this case, I think Gallup would be maybe a better fit because you know Cooper would he needs to get more targets, obviously, you know and with Devonte Adams there he's not going to get them. So maybe Gallup is a better fit. So somebody like a Green Bay, Or Indianapolis, for that matter. If they really, truly think they have a shot, uh, I don't know what's going on with T.Y. Hilton, but they are piecing together that wide receiver core with Band-Aids and practice squad players, and they keep swinging in free agency and missing. So maybe Indianapolis jumps into that wide receiver market, and uh, Cooper, Gallup, A.J. Green, I think any of them would would be great.
1: Yeah, the Dallas Cowboys offense looked so good with Dak in there, and now Dak is out for the entire season. Now Andy Dalton went down. He's in concussion protocol. The Cowboys are starting Ben DiNucci from James Madison right now, and I'm sure all three of those wide receivers for the Cowboys are wishing they can get out of there. I'm talking about Cooper. I'm talking about Gallup, and even C.D. Lamb, the rookie, I'm sure is wishing jeez, I don't have Dak anymore. I wish they would trade me somewhere. The Cowboys aren't going anywhere. Maybe
0: not a major move, but they've already already kind of opened the door. It's, I, they may have to tear the whole thing down. Not the whole thing, but a good portion of it down. It was not a huge trade, but they traded Everson Griffin to Detroit. They maybe got, I think they get a conditional sixth back. But I think, like you said, Cooper Gallup might bring them a little bit more. Go on. I just wanted to get that in there that they, they've kind of already opened the door to start making some moves.
1: Have we ever had a coach get fired mid-season, a first-year head coach (laughs) getting fired mid-season?
0: Freddie Kitchens might have been, like, the closest.
1: Right now, it's just not working with the Cowboys, and I feel like they got to, you know, why not, you know, pull the plug on McCarthy and Mike Nolan right now and have Jerry
0: Jones coach the team? He let Jimmy run things, and they won. Hell, they won with Barry Switzer, Okay. Parcells was kind of like at that point is when Jerry really started to become more like this is Jerry's team, not the Cowboys. And that's where, you know, when kind of Parcells is like, OK, that's it. I'm uh, I got I'm, I'm moving on. And and since then, they have done nothing and they. Bring in these coaches that you know, or shouldn't say coaches, but they they brought in Jason Garrett, who I think has just been with the the organization for so long, played there, smart guy. Jerry likes him, but pretty much. Jerry's the be-all, end-all there. He's the one that's on the radio answering questions. He's the one that's kind of directing things. What The the, the players, I don't even think they look at McCarthy as, as an authority figure. He's just kind of there in place, kind of telling them, okay, here are the plays we're going to run, and here's how we're going to do things. But as far as anything, any major decisions being made, it's Jerry and that's why you see these leaks to the media these coaches don't know what they're doing they don't you know they don't have us in the right position and blah 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 it's like come on play football do your job yeah that until Jerry kind of realizes that hey you know let me just get somebody in here even if it's his kid i don't even know if that's going to be the best move cuz then it's it's becoming too too raiders like Al Davis and his kid and Al just kinda went off the rails as he was getting older and the team went off the rails and now Mark's left holding the bag with no you know, not a lot of money and now, obviously, the money part's not going to happen. I'm sure you know the Joneses are you know wealthy you know beyond belief, and that's you know the most valuable franchise I think on the face of the planet. But yeah, Jerry's got to got to find some way that he can just kind of step back, let somebody run things, and you know kind of move on.
1: I'll go with a couple of quarterbacks that need to change. Addresses. Nice, uh, beautiful. I'm gonna go with yeah. I'm gonna go with Sam Darnold. It's not gonna happen. Um, obviously, midseason it's going to happen. Once the season is over, and if the Jets are sitting there at 0-16, 1-15, it's a it's a foregone conclusion that Trevor Lawrence is going to be the number one pick for them. So Sam Darnold is going to move on. So I looked at some places, you know, some teams that can rescue him. I think the Colts are a good situation. And if we're talking about a midseason trade, I mean, he can learn from Phillip Rivers. They have a good running game. They have a great offensive line something that he obviously hasn't had with the Jets. I think the Colts could rescue Sam Darnold, and I think it would be a, the the right spot for him. I'll also look at Dwayne Haskins. Pretty obvious. We talked about it last week that he's not in their future plans. I think Ron Rivera has already released his idea when he demoted him to number three. I mean, he said Kyle Allen is a better quarterback right now, and we don't think much of Dwayne Haskins. So why not? trade haskins to the pittsburgh steelers he's very similar in terms of his playing style to big ben so why not learn from ben roethlisberger changing places for sam darnold and dwayne haskins and we don't have to wait till till the season is over let's do it right now that that's what i'm all about let's make these trades let's
0: get these guys on the phone come on kevin colbert let's go come on Chris Ballard. I, like I said, it will, it will be Chris good Ballard. for them
1: because they can learn they can learn from guys. Oh these yeah, it, it makes complete sense. Those guys those
0: guys both need to get out of their current situations and just start start fresh. And I just feel I feel bad for both of those kids because they just never had a fair shot. You know, I mean, they just never. I mean, for two different reasons. But because but the Jets, they just. I mean, it it's just a toxic place when all your great players just want to leave. Right? There was rumors out there that Quinn and Williams might be might be available now. Again, that may just be you know chatter uh, from his agent and things of that nature but I, I agree with you that would be a huge i mean Haskins to the Steelers sounds perfect i, I never even thought of that. that that's that's amazing that would be a, that would be a great one because yeah Ben's not going to play forever and if this kid is going to sit behind somebody he might as well sit behind a really good player uh versus a journeyman or undrafted kid that uh is just holding a place until the drafts right Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm with you there. One last
1: topic, Lou, before we get to your picks, uh, and you will have... We have picks!
0: picks Yes! The The pick section is back. Maybe I shouldn't be so excited, but yeah, I do have some picks.
1: What do you think about OBJ? The Browns have lost OBJ to a torn ACL. He hasn't had that type of career with the Cleveland Browns that I think many people have anticipated because... Of what he did with the New York Giants and him and Baker Mayfield haven't clicked. Uh, Baker is coming off his, a career game against the Cincinnati Bengals, and he I, I don't kills understand. the Bengals. You know, I mean, that's does, the only time he But he doesn't he does kill well. the Ravens and the Steelers, and no. that, that's all that matters. That's uh, right. But what do you think about OBJ being lost for the season? The Browns are five and two right now. Uh, where do they go from here without him?
0: Well, until he got hurt, he was going to be on my list of trade potential, and he would have been the, one of the guys that I said, okay, Green Bay. You know, with Aaron Rodgers, I think, again, veteran quarterback, you know, he's got uh, pelts on the rack. He's, got, he's, he's, he's a guy that's got credibility. He's been there. He's won a Super Bowl. He's been MVP. I don't think OBJ would be so, I guess, boisterous and to get on a team that actually has a chance to win. I don't know culturally if they would like it, but again, he needs to go to a team that has maybe a little bit more veteran quarterback that can deal with that. Just basically deal with the persona that is OBJ. As far as Cleveland is concerned, I think it's a blessing in disguise for Baker Mayfield because he's not a guy that, you know, like a, like a Ben forcing the ball to a B, like Rodgers forcing the ball to Devontae. I mean, they they can do that. He's he doesn't have those capabilities. He's at his best when he's spraying it around the field. When you know your your tight ends are involved, when the the backs are involved, it's play action. Yeah, every so often OBJ will make a play, but that's not really what you know, what What he wants. I mean, he wants to be a big part of the offense. But the thing is, when OBJ is out of the game, you see that now Baker's thinking, okay, I don't have to force it to him because he's such a great player. I can just spread it around like, and he's a much better player. That's what he's good at. I'm not saying that Baker, all of a sudden, his game is going to elevate, but he certainly will have a much better chance. And he's shown it when OBJ is not on the field that his numbers are much better better because I think he just relaxes and plays football versus just kind of well he's always the first read and I'm going to hold it as long as I can you know to give him every opportunity and then I'll come off again that's just kind of my view of it but I think it's going to it's going to help the Browns while he's out and help the Browns make the decision to maybe okay this didn't work let's take this piece maybe parlay it into some draft picks in the spring.
1: It's an interesting take. I haven't heard that one. I mean, when you most quarterbacks would love to have OBJ on their team. And it sounds like Well, Baker I think Bayfield. he loves
0: having him on the team. It's just that when they're on the field, he just, I think he just feels compelled to really exercise every option to get it to him versus just kind of read the defense distribute the ball and that's what he's good at but i i don't i mean i don't have the statistics in front of me and i know i was i was looking at some things but that i think it, it does bear out statistically and some of these other guys as they're getting healthy like Rashard higgins and you're just going to see names come up and all of a sudden they're going to be making plays like well, why couldn't he do this with obj and i think that might have something to do with
1: it i think we're getting carried away i mean the browns just beat the Bengals, and they if- if you listen to the Browns fans and the Browns media, is like, thank God OBJ got hurt. Look at Baker tearing up that, that great Cincinnati Bengals defense. I'm off the Baker Mayfield bandwagon. I was never yeah. on it, to be honest with you, no, even after no, his rookie no. season. No, no, uh, no. He is not the quarterback that the Browns thought that he would be when they drafted him number one overall no so, he was again, never good enough to be guy. the number
0: one yeah he was never yeah, good enough just, to be the number guy. one overall pick that was John Dorsey kind of swinging for the fences and uh, well he
1: proved him right he proved him right during his rookie season but then we haven't seen that progression I mean he regressed he regressed as a sophomore and right now he's trying to get back into the swing of things I can make a case that the Browns would be better off with Case Keenum being the starting quarterback. Because at least he can manage the game and not turn the ball over. And the Browns can rely on that running game at this point with Kareem Hunt. And Case Keenum can distribute the ball because he did that so well for that one single year with the Minnesota Vikings. He's never going to be the star. He's still the bridge guy. But I would feel more comfortable if I were a Browns organization having Keenum in there, and I actually think that Stefanski does as well. Somewhere deep inside, he's hoping that he can finally push Baker aside and insert Case Keenum at least for this year. You know,
0: this is definitely there's a reason
1: why you brought him <laughs> in. There.
0: This 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 is definitely a marriage headed for divorce. Yeah, I don't doubt that at all I, I would be shocked if they pick up his uh, his fifth year option so all right yeah.
1: let's get to your picks I'm, okay I'm here we go I think I everybody's been
0: waiting for this we're at midseason and we're finally getting these picks so so anyway I've got I've got three of them first one is we, we're, we talked a little bit about New England and cam I mean I watch him play he's still his mechanic and when you watch his feet they're just Again, one of the first things you learn when you're playing baseball, football, whatever, you're throwing the ball, you step into the throw, step towards the target. And more often than not, if you watch his feet, his lead foot is always going off to the side and it's all arm. And, he, and it's like one of these guys that waits for the guy to get open where it seems like that offense is a little bit, you know, it's all timing and and, and, and throwing people. It's just It's just not working for me. I don't think Buffalo is nearly as bad as people think. Yeah, they had a rough time with the Jets. They kicked a bunch of field goals. I don't know how motivated they were, but coming back home, they're only given three and a half. New England is offensively challenged, so I'm going to go with the Bills in that one. Uh, The next one, Baltimore coming off a bye. They're three and a half point favorites over Pittsburgh. I don't know if, again, the the home field is such a big deal, but I just think that, that, that Baltimore... Coming off the bye, they've kind of been under the radar for the last few weeks since they lost to the Chiefs. It's like, you know, they kind of pushed them to the side. Steelers are undefeated, riding high. They just had an emotional win in Tennessee, back-to-back road games. I'm going to go with the Ravens here, give the three and a half. And then the last one takes us right back to the beginning of the show, Alex. It's two a time. That's right. The Dolphins are four-point underdogs to the Rams. The Rams are looking, they look decent over the few games, but basically they've beaten the NFC East. So they won all four of those games, and they beat the Bears. Miami is getting points. The Rams are going all the way across country. Big road trip. And it's a 1 o'clock start, 10 a.m. Pacific time start. Rough for the Rams. I'm going to take the Dolphins. So there you have it. Buffalo minus three and a half, Baltimore minus three and a half, and Miami plus four. Those are the three picks. Read them and weep,
1: folks. I mean, it's amazing that the Steelers are the only unbeaten team in the NFL up to this point. They're six and oh. You know, the Steelers always have a tough time with Lamar Jackson. The Steelers always struggle to stay in front of him, and he always hurts them with his feet. I'm not a believer in Tua this week. I think the Rams will win. <laughs> I just. He's still a rookie quarterback. He and is, Rookie yeah. quarterbacks, even though they've had, you and I have talked about it, they've had great statistics this year. Herbert and Joe Burrow, they aren't winning, and I don't expect Tua to win this
0: week. Well, as long as they keep it within a field goal, I'm good.
1: It wasn't the right time to to pull the plug on, on Fitzmagic. All right, let's get out of here, Luke.
0: All right, folks, this has been Pros Like Us. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you next week. And on the way out, we wish you peace.